0: hi everyone welcome to the first ever episode of the Join avenue podcast my name is albert i'm one of your hosts and i am mark i am another host oh man mark how uh when did we first meet i was just thinking about this the other day and i don't know man do you remember at all
1: uh that's a good question I have to go very far back in the archive uh well, first off, I know we met at the Ohio State University.
0: Go Bucks! That's right. Go Bucks.
1: Um, but yeah, uh, I can go way far back. My first memory of you um, is our trip to Slovenia together uh, one spring break. That was pretty epic. Um, yeah. How
0: about you? What was what's your first memory of me? Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it was back. Well, yeah, for sure during our Ohio State days, but I think um, – like I have a vague memory now I think about it, uh, where we met at IndyCC or Indy's C- Christmas conference, uh, my first year there at OSU. And I remember we were in the same group there, um, but now, well, regardless, look at us, you know, many years later, uh, we're still, you know, talking to each other, friendship has blossomed and now, we're uh, making a podcast together. So, you know, what can you ask for, right? Yeah, amazing. We've made it. Yeah. So um, I am currently, you know, uh, broadcasting this out of my apartment here in Ohio. But what, what about you, Mark? Where are you uh, located out of?
1: Yeah, uh, contrary to popular belief, even though I'm wearing an Columbus, Ohio shirt, uh, I am located in Denver, Colorado.
0: Yes, yes. And I think uh, it was warmer there today. But I heard also like it was in the negatives like earlier yeah, this week too.
1: Yeah, last week it was uh like minus fifteen wind chill. Oh, um, yeah, not as bad as our not as bad as our OSU days. I think that was by far the worst I've experienced. Oh
0: man, ever. those yeah, like we had some rough winters there, I remember. Like the polar just,
1: vortex.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. The polar vortex, uh, that. The one winter, uh, I just like had to still go out to class. I had to one like man, I had to wear like leggings under my sweatpants too. It was just crazy.
1: Yeah, I uh, multiple layers. I will say, uh, going back to the weather last week, I was coming back from the gym. I had just showered and walking to my car, my hair froze like on. <laughs> <Seriously? laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I'd, did like, you have a sick hairdo?
1: Uh, I mean, it's just like wet and like damp. So I was like br- trying to brush my hair back like when I got in the car, and i just like got stuck and i thought like there's something like getting it or i don't know it was quite quite the shock and it was only like a like 50 foot walk or something well like, let's just York say
0: York. let's just say if uh, your hair is frozen you know it's pretty dang cold outside yeah. so yeah oh man all right well the people who are listening to this podcast are probably like you know what do these guys do for you know from what are our personal interests so mark let me ask you man uh, what's what are some of your personal interests there
1: yeah uh i'd say first and foremost uh the ohio state buckeyes uh as previously mentioned um yeah i guess like could go many different directions fan of music play guitar piano like to sing in the car uh like to travel How about in the shower i was on the shower too yeah only if my roommate's not around uh, <laughs> that's
0: a good guy
1: yeah uh big on traveling um obviously our time in slovenia uh yeah uh sports seems wise um actually it's uh crazy thanks to you uh from some crazy reason i voluntarily became a cleveland browns fan let's uh, go so but i guess they're on the up and up so there's there's this promise there it's a good time to join the
0: bandwagon uh hopefully we get jj watt that's right, yeah. It's a great time to be a Browns fan, especially after this past season. And hopefully only things will continue to go up uh, from here. So, uh, sure. How about back, you? you know, um, yeah, so, I mean, like Mark, I'm a big sports fanatic as well. Um, have interest in a lot of different sports. Mainly I root for uh, Cleveland uh, sport teams. Um, but, you know, the only out-of-market team I root for uh, are the Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Um, and also I like this hat too, because has my initials on it, so,
1: nice. um,
0: but yeah, I, uh, am big, uh, sports fanatic and, uh, you know, talking about the Browns can't wait for next season. I was very devastated at the loss to the chiefs there in the, uh, not the divisional round because we won the divisional round, the. No, no, we lost in the divisional round. The that was the- dang it. Yeah, we won in the wild card round, which was amazing. I mean, we, I mean, we should
1: have won the divisional round. But- <laughs> yeah,
0: that's should just- have, would have, could have. But yeah. you know what? That's that's okay. I'm looking looking forward to next season, and uh, it'll be good. So, all right. Well, um, I think you know we should probably give our listeners here, or I guess if you're watching this uh, podcast visually on YouTube right now, um, what the – you know, our vision with this uh, show is. So um, earlier this year, I, well, for a while now, I wanted to create a podcast as sort of like in my artistic way to express myself. Um, And I approached Mark earlier this year and asked him if he wanted to be my co-host for the Joint Avenue podcast. And the vision I had with this podcast was to, you know, Join or you know, interview with people uh, with interesting life experiences or unique experiences that people like myself and Mark uh, don't get to experience or go through. So, um, yeah, I'm Mark, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Absolutely. I, when you approach this, uh, me with that idea, I was excited for two reasons one, I get to hang out with you, uh, catch up, Uh, but also, too, um, I'm a big Big fan of interviewing people, not really interviewing, just chatting with people, um, just having a nice beverage, whether it be a glass of water or something else, um, yeah, just chatting, get to, getting to hear people's experiences, what they've learned, uh, what they're passionate about, um, as a source of inspiration, encouragement. Um, yeah, so it's awesome. It's one of my favorite things to do, um, and just to get to do it with one of my good friends, Albert, uh, couldn't pass it up.
0: Awesome. Man. I'm really glad that you uh, said yes, because if you said no, I wouldn't know what to have done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For sure. I did definitely. want to ask uh, Yeah. I did want to ask uh, how did you come up with the name joint Avenue podcast?
0: Yeah. So that's uh that's a great question. And uh, I think we definitely deserve to give our listeners uh, the answer to that. So I, uh, during last year, uh, during quarantine, well, I mean, we're still in quarantine right now, you know, because the pandemic's not gone away, unfortunately. Um, but when we were really like locked down last year, I, uh, let's just say I played a lot of Pokemon games. Let's just say that I think I played at least in the last year, I played all the way from platinum to, um, sword and shield so i played gen from generations 4 through 8 um but anyways that's besides the point um but when i was playing the black 2 and white 2 games which by the way uh is i think in my opinion the best main series game in the uh pokemon universe but that's also a discussion set for later and i'm sure i probably offended Uh, a decent amount of Pokemon fans if they're listening to this podcast, but that's definitely discussion for later, but there's this uh, fictional Avenue and it's, it's an Avenue that grows like with shops and other things as you interact with people from all over the world. So the more you interact with people, you know, the bigger your Avenue grows and such. And I I really like that idea. So, um, you know, I thought it'd be a good name for what I wanted to do or what, we want to do with this podcast and um, that'd be a great name. Uh, please don't sue us, Pokemon Company. <laughs> I hope cool. they <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, that was our sort of our vision um, with the podcast. And not only do we want to interview uh, people or have conversations with people just in the States, but we want to interview people from all over the world in all aspects of life. So I think that'd be Pretty great. Um, and, you know, I think uh, something our listeners are also wondering about, Mark, is, you know, what is our frequency of the episode release or how often are we going to drop an episode here?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Um <laughs> but I think, I, I think <laughs> do meantime, we please. Yeah, I think in the meantime, as we get started, uh, we're aiming to have an episode for you guys uh, once a month. Um, and we'll see how, where that goes from there. Um, unfortunately we both have lives outside of this. Well, I guess I, we kind of don't have lives at the same time. Um, but yeah, we'll go from there, uh, see how things go, see how, uh, the reception is from you all, um, uh, and the demand and, uh, go from there. But yeah, pr- uh, expect for now, uh, an episode once a month.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we'll do our best to release an episode a month. Uh, we already have a couple of guests lined up here. Um, For the next couple episodes and hopefully we get some great conversations out of that and um, yeah we'll definitely advertise socially mostly probably through instagram uh, if we're using social media on when an episode releases so and speaking of guests we have our very first guest lined up i'm very excited to introduce you all to him Uh, his name is john kuchno he is my friend that i met at osu uh, through athletes in action he used to play baseball um, as a pitcher at OSU, and he was also with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates organization for a little bit as well, and that thought it'd be fun to talk to him about his experiences playing uh, professional baseball or even just being a student athlete in general at a major Division One school. Without further ado, here is our interview with John. All right, we now welcome on our first-ever guest on the Join Avenue Podcast. He's a right-handed pitcher who played at the Ohio State University for two years and was picked in the 18th round of the 2012 Major League Baseball First Player Draft by the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. His name is John Kuchno. John, welcome to the Join Avenue Podcast. How does it feel being the first-ever guest on the show? I mean, talk about... One
2: of the highest honors of my life was probably being drafted, but this definitely takes the cake right here. Nice. This. I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for having me on. It, it's really a, a big joy and I wish it was in person, but this will have to uh, stop to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's great to have you on. So let's dive right into it here. First question. So like, when did you know that you had like a like shot at playing professionally when was that like aha moment when you're like hey I'm pretty dang good at this sport um good question
2: I think going into um when I transferred to Ohio State um it was just kind of like my thought was just trying not to get cut from the team initially I was just like I can't believe I'm like even here and I have a uniform and I'm like good enough and stuff and um it was it was one of my like my first fall outings um I was like running in. I, I had a good inning or something. And my assistant coach, who was his name was Chris Hollick. Um, like I was just sitting there in the dugout. And he said, you have a chance to be drafted one day. And I said, you're out of your freaking mind. <laughs> and he's like, I'm dead serious. And I was like, and that was the first time where it was like an aha moment. Like you just said, where it was like, wow, maybe I am good enough to like actually go past college. And I'm, at this point, I'm just trying not to get cut um so i I worked hard i I had a terrible first year i had a decent pretty good second year um it was like one of my last outings of my second year at osu when i was actually draft eligible like my age Mm -hmm. and i pitched at indiana it was like one of the last outings of this of the regular season and my friend brett mckinney who's still one of my good friends this day i guess he was on the radar gun that day and this answers one of your other questions but I hit 97 and you don't know Ooh, like what you hit dang. until like you go on the bus, you see your friends or something. And I remember walking on the bus and he looked at me, he goes, you're getting drafted. And I was like, why? <laughs> he goes, dude, you hit 97 today. I said, no way. I know there's no way. He said, yeah, I swear to you. You're, he's like, see ya, you're gone. And uh, I remember sitting on the bus and that was like, I, when you hit 97, not many people throw 97, I was like, wow, this is actually might happen.
0: <laughs> Jeez, was that the fastest pitch you've ever thrown or that was the gone? fastest i
2: ever threw yeah i was 97 i think i hit 97 a couple times more we played purdue in the big 10 tournament like a couple weeks later i think i hit it a couple times then too but i never i never got up to 97 in pro ball that was like the hardest i ever threw
0: dang that's still impressive like i don't yeah i don't think i could ever get close I can't believe animal. I did I
2: shoot I wake up in the morning I look in the mirror and I'm like how did that body ever throw nice
0: <laughs>
2: not to mention it was like less than 10 years ago
0: yeah uh, man wait so John um like you've been out of the league for like a couple of years now so yeah. let's say you know we gave you Mark and I gave you like a minute to warm up you know throw in the mm-hmm. bullpen a little bit how like fast would your fastball be right now um good question I mean I think I probably
2: would be able to I would like to hope that I could break eighty, but afterwards I would probably have a torn rotator cuff.
0: (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) guaranteed
2: something would tear. Oh man, yeah, that would. I think
0: I could. I think I could hit eighty. If I can't hit eighty, that's bad. (laughs) When was the last time you threw a a a baseball? Let's just say that, (laughs) just like jokingly or just whatever. When I was living back in Columbus, this was like one of my favorite things to do. Me
2: and Knife would randomly go play oh, catch yeah, sometimes yes. at the park. So it was probably then. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't do lessons out here or anything like that. So it was probably
0: just a game of catch with Knife at one of these parks. Oh, yeah. Actually, M- Mark uh, knows Knife pretty well. Oh, or yeah. I guess go go way back. Yeah. yeah. He's one of my <laughs> the best crew friends. crew connection.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh man, that is so good. All right. Well, um, John, I was wondering, could you give us like a high level overview of your, like your playing career for our listeners here? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I
2: played one year of varsity baseball in Maryland. That's where I'm from. I went to Wake Forest just as a regular student. And then um, I was going to try to walk on, but I was kind of hurt my freshman year. So I wasn't affiliated with the baseball program at all. I played club ball, which was a, a freaking blast. Um, ended up kind of like getting healthy over the summer and getting better. That was when I started to get interest from some colleges and OSU offered me a kind of a small scholarship and I took it. So I transferred out of Wake Forest, um, went to OSU, pitched for two years, drafted in my second year. Um, like I said, first year was terrible. Second year, not as terrible, but still pretty terrible, but I had some projectability. So they drafted yeah. me. Um, I went with the Pirates. I played six years of Pro Bowl, made it all the way up to AAA with the Pirates. Um, Get through close to maybe seventy innings in Triple A, so um, stunk it up in Triple A. Ended up getting canned.
0: Um, no, no. Can please, you hear me? Yep. Okay. Sorry. For some reason, yeah, yeah. yeah, it lagged for a, little, a second there. Okay. okay. What part did it start lagging on? Oh no, I, I heard Triple A. Which actually, funny thing, I saw one of your games. Um, yeah. When you were at the Clippers stadium. So yeah, but you were talking about triple A and uh, sort of lagged out. I did. You, were you at the game where I gave up one off the
2: batter's eye?
0: I, I did not actually I think the unfortunately the one game I did go to um, at Huntington Park. Uh, you weren't pitching that day, unfortunately, but you were in uniform and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But
2: Columbus Huntington Park was like a, a microcosm of my career. I would have outings there where it was like, wow, I'm really good. And then I'd have other outings where it was like, why do you even have a uniform? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I ended up getting canned from the Pirates from uh, in AAA. I just didn't do well. I didn't have good numbers. Um, didn't get picked up by anybody. So I played independent ball for the rest of the year and then I have to call it quits. I was getting married, and I wasn't sure that I'd get picked up in the off season. So,
0: mm.
2: really, about six seasons of pro ball with the Pirates, and then that was kind
0: of a wrap. thing. Okay. Well, yeah. I I have to say, like that's still impressive. You only played. I didn't even know this. Like you didn't play. You were at Wake Forest, which I was like, you know, researching up on this for this interview, and I, I didn't even know um, you're just like a regular student there. And then yeah, I was also. Yeah. And you just only played one year of varsity, too, and yet you yeah, turned three, pro.
2: three years of JV. I got snipped from uh, varsity as a, as a junior, which was humbling, to say the least. And then, yeah, I was just a regular student at Wake. I mean, I always had kind of aspirations to walk on. Um, but, yeah, I was just playing club ball and, you know, doing the regular kind of school thing. I played so much pickup basketball
0: that year. Oh, my gosh.
2: Actually, I speak-
0: stunk. Speaking of pickup basketball, I, I remember the story from the other, the other day. Um, that was where... the peak of my basketball <laughs> career. You, you almost walked on to the team. Can you tell us a little bit about that again? Yeah, I, I swear. I, that was the peak of my basketball career
2: because I was starting to grow. I was playing every day, so I was like playing pretty well. They had open tryouts. And I think there's probably about like 50 or 60 people there, and some of my friends from my dorm hall, we all went and tried out. And uh, they run you through drills and stuff, and then you're. They had one last game of like five on five, and they ended up taking like four of those 10 people in that from that game. I stunk in that game. I think I like wrecked a couple of threes, probably turned the ball over, but. Oh no, no. So I was one of the last six cut. But thank God I got cut or else the baseball thing probably would have never happened.
0: Yeah. And we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if like you stayed there. We would have never met. I would have never met my wife. Would have never had a kid. Oh, man. Destiny.
2: It was all for this podcast.
1: (laughs) All all leading up to this moment right now.
2: Yes, right here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going off that. You did mention that you grew like I, I saw a bunch of articles that talked about how you grew like four inches your freshman year. I was curious, like, how that felt physiologically, because for me, like, I stopped growing my freshman year of high school, um, and I'm sure that has, like, a lot to change with, like, mechanics on, like, how you throw, how you just play and, like, move, like, could you yeah, talk what that question? Changed?
2: I mean, I think it was, like, a lot of uh, injuries in high school were caused by that, because I just, like, wasn't growing, um, so it just, like, took time, and then, like, as my as my freshman year started to progress, like, Really weird, but like I remember coming back from like winter break and people being like, dude, you got tall, and it was like, really? That's so random. And uh, I don't know, I think I like grew into my body a little bit, so like throwing became easier. And I think that you know, once I finally got healthy and I started to like actually eat the way you're supposed to eat and lift weights and stuff, kind of everything was just like the perfect formula, I guess. But yeah, obviously, it helped. Now all of a sudden, you're six, four, you know, buck 60, buck 70, as opposed to like six foot. I mean, then, you know, colleges all of a sudden start taking notice because they're like, Mm -hmm. Holy crap, if we put 30 pounds on this kid. Maybe he'll start throwing harder, which I think was played into
0: my favor a lot. Dang. Yeah. And then, uh, going back into like your pro career, I know I was looking at the, like your, the transactions here. It, yeah. it's you played for uh quite a few teams but I guess out of all these teams um you know did you have a favorite team that you loved playing for or yeah I mean I I guess I would say in Charleston
2: West Virginia that was our first full season of pro ball that was a lot of
1: fun uh, our I, team I, was... I grew up like only an hour away from there
2: yeah so did you ever go to games at power park I did not know yeah well it was, it was fun I mean we just had a we had such a good team and Actually, a lot of guys who are in the big leagues now, and uh, just a very talented roster. And it was just a lot of fun because at that point in time, there's like, I mean, you're just kind of naive to like the prospects and the situation. You're just kind of just happy to be there, and everyone's just having a blast. And the bus rides were a lot of fun. And uh, <laughs> that was my favorite. That was like the best team that I ever played on in Pro Bowl. Um, was probably that year in Charleston, but I I enjoyed my year in Bradenton. Um, I was in Altoona, Pennsylvania for a long time. Um, Indy is incredible to play at. You're playing in a beautiful park, tons of fans. That whole international league is awesome, the same league as Columbus. That was a lot of fun. I I pitched horribly when I was in AAA, so that sucked. But if I would have been pitching well, that would have been a lot more fun. Oh,
0: I'm sure, yeah.
2: Yeah, but Indy was was a good time. I really enjoyed all the places I pitched at, really. I mean, the Pirates, they were a great organization in the sense that they drafted really good people. Like, they paid attention to that stuff, like high-character guys and that sort of thing. So I was very
0: fortunate to have, like, amazing teammates the whole way up. Hmm. Um, So I guess uh, you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the guys you played with are in the pros, like, um yeah. who in mind if we ask like who those guys are yeah i mean i, I guess the guys i still keep in touch with um
2: yeah probably keep in closest touch with jacob stallings he's the catcher for the pirates who actually got snubbed out of a gold glove last year he should have won oh yeah um keep in touch with chad cool he's another pitcher for the pirates uh don't keep in as close touch with josh bell anymore he got traded to the nationals mm-hmm. um Adam Frazier, he's still with the Pirates. Um, Clay Holmes, another pitcher with the Pirates. Tyler Glass now, I still talk to every once in a while. He's with the Rays. Um, Yeah, he pitched in the World Series last year. That was awesome. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, I was about to say. That name sounds really
2: familiar. Yeah, he's funny. Um, Because we played played like every level together, kind of the whole way up. Um, Outside of that, I mean, not trying to think if there's anybody else, but it's like rare that you talk about like baseball and stuff. It's always just about like stupid stuff. You know? <laughs> um.
0: So let me ask you this then, John, uh, do you have like a favorite memory of playing like in the minors at all? Yeah, like I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they kind of go like
2: back to back, but when, when I was in like the minor leagues, I would always have to back up for the big leaguers in spring training. So it's like, Big leaguers in spring training, there's there's big league camp and then there's minor league camp. And I never made big league camp, so I would always have to go back up the big leaguers because they have a very structured regimen of, like, how many pitches they can throw in, a, in any given outing because they're trying to build up for the season. And so if they have a bad outing in the game um, and they're falling behind, like you have to get a minor leaguer in the game to go in for them, to like, save the inning, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I would always have to go back up. I had some like decent success backing up. So it was like kind of a reliable type of option. And before the season, they always have like an exhibition game, like actual exhibition in the big leagues. And so they'll bring some backups for that. Like that's a big honor to get to go. And um, the first year I got asked to do that was we went to Philadelphia to back up against like um, a game against the Phillies. I remember we went out the night before because it was like ain't, ain't no way you're getting in that game tomorrow like there's no way so went out like the night before it was a blast because you're finally out of like the the spring training environment it's just like it's a lot of fun and I remember like the Phil like you're in a big league clubhouse like you're actually getting treated like a big leaguer for the first time is amazing and they had like Philly cheesesteaks like before Ooh, the game yes. you could eat them or after and i'm like ah, oh, there's no way i'm getting in this game so i had like two philly cheesesteaks <laughs> it's like a freaking vacation like i'm not here to play i'm just here to you know glom off like the private jets and like the food and stuff and um it's the craziest thing in the world but charlie morton who you know is now like he closed out the world series for the astros a couple yeah. years ago He's turned in an unbelievable career and probably is the nicest human being that you'll ever meet in your life. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he's, he's incredibly nice. But he, like, randomly got, like, the yips in the game, like, in the first inning. And he, he couldn't – he almost didn't get out of the first inning. And they were like, get Kuchno going. And I was like <laughs> – excuse me but get Krishna going they were like citizens bank park or whatever in philly and i'm like yeah get going i was like i I cannot believe this right now my arm is shaking throwing to the catcher and uh i'm like hustling to get warmed up like as fast as i can and next thing you know i find myself in the freaking game (laughs) in the big league park pitching against like the heart of the phillies lineup in like the first inning and i just like couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, on the big league mound, pitching against like Ryan Howard, I think Chase Utley was in the lineup. Like,
1: yeah,
0: my gosh. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, just like Ruiz, who was the catcher back then. I think Grady Sizemore may have been in there.
0: Oh man, and old school uh, name, Grady Sizemore. Yeah,
2: and like by the grace of God, I pitched like three scoreless innings that day, and uh, I, and my parents were there because Baltimore is a pretty close drive. And so that was a really special moment. And then the following year kind of tops it because same thing happens, get called on the trip to Montreal and uh, play an exhibition game against the Blue Jays in Montreal, which is like Olympic stadium, which, you know, so they don't have a team anymore. So there's like 50,000 people there because they get like one game a year for this exhibition against the Blue Jays and, I have no idea why, but next thing you know, I find myself in the game again. (laughs) And uh, I threw a scoreless inning on, like, MLB TV or whatever. I just remember walking off just being
0: like, I can't believe that just happened. That is awesome. And, heck, yeah, especially, like, um, that when you're throwing against the heart of the Philly lineup. I'm sure, you know, getting out of those innings scoreless, that must have been, like,
2: yeah. Phew. I think I had like probably two more cheesesteaks after the game. <laughs>
1: it's like a good, the good, good way to celebrate.
2: Yeah. The funny part, too, is like after that game, the, the big leaguers like take a uh, flight to go to their opening weekend or whatever, and the minor leaguers take a bus to go back to double A. <laughs> it's like quite the disparity. You know, of, like walking oh, the, yeah. the road.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That is awesome. Awesome. Oh, so, yeah. oh thanks for sharing I remember too like
2: in you leave the clubhouse they have like tons of like beer and stuff like everyone's grabbing these trash cans full of beer to like bring them back to el tuna because you're like starting the (laughs) minor league season it's just like free beer it's
1: like cover it on the uh carry it on the bus like kind of like over your shoulder oh yeah over
2: your shoulder yeah (laughs) people are just getting like tanked and
0: stuff because you know you're going back to reality (laughs) oh man um so yeah, talking about like, you know, we were just talking about the disparities between like playing in the major leagues and the minor leagues. Is there like anything you would um, that like, you know, for someone like us or just other people listening to this podcast wouldn't really know about playing in the minor leagues? It's a lot of
2: downtime. Like, it's just a lot of downtime. It's a lot of time on a bus. Like you're just going everywhere bus rides suck too because like everybody's a pretty big person and the bus is so small so it's like you have to double up a lot unless you're incredibly like selfish in which case like people would like fake sleep you know like when you're walking on the bus (laughs) and like like try to get their own seats and stuff and i'm like I'm too nice so I would always double up so it's like you're doubling up on like a 10-hour road trip oh no oh man people sleeping on the ground there's like people sleeping like everywhere so if you have to go to the bathroom you're like climbing over the seats to like (laughs) get to them and stuff and uh yeah so it's a lot of travel a lot of downtime the the money was just horrible I mean you're making Mm. just terrible money I think like maybe like to 1600 bucks a month or something. You're making like oh, wow. 800 bucks a paycheck or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's terrible. Um, the food is generally pretty bad. Like in the clubhouses, you get like uh, what it's called is called spread. And like your spread during the day, like you get to the clubhouse, you usually like bring Subway or something on your own. And then like you'll have know, pregame spread, like before the game, might be like sandwiches that the clubhouse gives you or something. And then after the game, you'll get post-game spread, which is, like, a meal. And sometimes it's, like, horrible, like, unbearably bad. So you'll just get, like – you get back to the hotel and you'll just walk to fast food or something just because it's, like, the only thing you can eat. So oh, man. it's, like the, – the living conditions were pretty terrible, too. Like, I mean, you're living in an apartment with, like, five other guys because it's, like, cheap and stuff. She's only making, like, 800 bucks a paycheck. So it's not glorious. It's funny, like – you go to like a game, like a minor league game, you have 152 of the game. So like the players aren't really concerned about winning and losing as much as they're concerned about just like getting the game over in like a quick pace. Cause you just <laughs> want to get to the next one or get home. Oh, That's man. just the way it is. Like, it's like, you know, nobody really cares if you win or lose. Now, like you lose, you lose a couple games in a row. It sucks. Like in the clubhouse, like people generally try to act like, you know, sad. And then you just get home. It's like
0: nothing ever happened. <laughs> dang yeah that's well that's definitely new news to me how what about you Mark
1: yeah for sure yeah I guess it sounds like it's maybe at the very least more of like like individual performance like worrying about that than like the team exactly
2: because at the end of the day it comes down to like your performances and like your numbers and your stats and stuff so if like you suck or your friend sucks like you always identify and like you know you feel really bad and stuff but it's such a long season. That it's just like so many games and stuff. It's just
0: relentless. Yeah. Jeez. How, how many games was it again? Like a hundred? It's like one hundred and fifty,
2: maybe in a season. And then you have playoffs and stuff potentially. So I mean you leave home like first week or second week of February and then you potentially go to like last week of September. Oh man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a long, it's, it's a, a baseball season. Oh, baseball. Yeah. I mean, dude, kept advil in business like you're just taking so much advil and And your sleep sucks because you're on a bus for these road trips and stuff so it's like you sleep on an air mattress at home like it's just not a good setup
1: gotcha is there a lot of training in between games
2: yeah like they have a weight room and stuff and then on the road it's kind of funny because you have like weight bus so it's like you're on the road like you have to get your weights in so they'll like take you to like a LA fitness, like a gold gym, wherever you're at, and they'll be like, "All right, you got an hour, like get it in." Like you're just in there, like lifting with random people with like <laughs> pirates gear and stuff. So much, so funny. You have some guys who just like aren't doing anything. Like some guys will just like won't lift throughout the year. They just or just they just play, and then you know other guys are in, into it and stuff. But it's like everybody kind of does their own thing. But yeah, lift
0: bus. Gotcha. It's like oh, I don't want to go lift bus tomorrow. So I <laughs> Uh, so just like uh, going off of that too you know you've been with a bunch of teams you were like all over I, I gotta imagine that's got to be rough too just like after one year or even during the year you keep moving from place to place right
2: yeah it was tough the, the, the one that was toughest was like I was in like I'd be in indie and like indie's night like you're one step away from the big leagues and like you're in nice stadiums and you're playing against big leaguers. And you see guys going up to the big leagues all the time, but like I was on the other end of the spectrum. So like a guy would go up to the big leagues and I would go up from double A AA to triple A and then they'd come back down and I'd go back to double A. So it was like a domino effect kind of, and it was always really tough having to go back to double A because in triple A like they'll do your laundry and they'll they'll like hang your laundry up and stuff which is nice. And in AA, like they don't hang your laundry. They just throw everything into the dryer. So like you go back to AA and your stuff shrinks like two sides. (laughs) And like in AAA too, they like load your stuff up off the bus. The food will be better. And you go back to AA. It's like, you have to load your own stuff. It's like the food sucks again. And it's like. eh, (laughs)
0: That is tough. Uh, This disparity from, you know, the all the different levels of play
2: yeah you can like taste it as you get higher you're like ah, oh, i'm almost there and then you go back it's like oh no
1: not. Again. Oh, that's wild
2: yeah and, and then too like in altoona they're like the friendliest people in the world they have like a booster club and so like you go back down to the booster club would be at the airport it's a small regional airport to like pick you up and drive you to like your host family or something that you they'd like pick you up like welcome home like
0: welcome back it's like I don't want to be here.
2: I want to be in AAA. Oh, no.
0: Oh, man. I can only imagine how, like... I, even though it's a nice gesture, like, I can only imagine how, like, demoralizing... It sucked, yeah. yeah. But it's
2: part of it. It's just
0: part of the gig, yeah. But it was always nice,
2: too. Like, you go back to see your friends in, like, AAA. Like, how was it up there, you know? How's so-and-so <laughs> doing? Stuff like that.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, I just... At least to me, that'd be so rough, just, like, going back and forth all the time.
2: It's tough. It's tough yeah. with, like, the living situation because you're always, like, packing your stuff up or, like, you have half your stuff somewhere and half the stuff, like, in another place. But kind of get used to it. Mm. Yeah. I guess the um, saving grace always, too, is, like, the fact that at the end of the season, you knew you were going back to Columbus to, like, have Buckeye football or see your friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Except my last year I played winter ball in Venezuela and that was uh, nuts.
1: Yeah. How was oh, can that? You,
0: yeah. Can you, can you elaborate on that please? I did not know about this. Yeah.
2: That was insane.
0: Um, yeah, it was
2: crazy. I mean, it, I wasn't sure that I want to do it. I got like a good offer. Um, so I went and then just crazy. Like you, you, It was like quarantine before quarantine because you cannot go anywhere because it's not safe in Venezuela. So it's like we would have police escort to and from the field every day. So like you couldn't go anywhere but just sit in your room and then when you go to the field and play. But crazy fans, really good competition, not really a safe environment, like
0: constantly kind of scared for your life, but good experience. For sure. Did you have like other Americans on your team? Like three One. other Americans on my team.
2: Oh, got it. Yeah. So at least there's some English, but yeah. 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 No how, was, translator how was that?
0: Anything. Yeah. No you you translator.
2: Thing, but yeah, it was, your Spanish gets better, but a lot of like sure. you just no words and stuff. But mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of Spanish players played in America. So their English is pretty good. So you can like still communicate and stuff.
0: Thanks. Yeah. I did not know you uh, played overseas ball for a little bit yeah in venezuela one off season dang yeah um okay here's a uh here's a fun question for you um so john what was your favorite i guess it it can still be now but what's your favorite pitch to throw the one that they swing and miss at (laughs) good answer that is a great answer
2: my uh like I guess toward the end of my career, like my, I was just a sinker baller. So like sinkers are tough because it's like, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to get them to hit the ball and play, just not kind of square and they just ground ball it hopefully to somebody. Um, so I, I wasn't getting like a lot of swings and misses or like strikeouts and stuff. But the one thing that I, I don't miss like a lot about playing, but the one thing that I do miss, like there was nothing in the world, like the feeling when you're about to throw a pitch and you know that they're going to miss it. Like, cause you, I, and I can't even explain it. Like you just know that it's the right pitch at the right time and they're not going to hit it. And like, there's nothing like that. Like,
0: yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun. But. Yeah. I was about to say is um, like, as a, when you are a pitcher, that was that like the best feeling in the world or, um, you know, maybe like, yes, you know, yeah. st- going like three, um, like four, five scoreless innings or something like that. Was that the best feeling in the world? yeah
2: I was I mean the best feeling in the world is like and maybe you've experienced this in like other things but like it's almost a zone of like no thinking like there's no thought there's no thought about like I feel nervous right now like my mechanics are weird like where's where's my pitch it like how's my pitch feel it's a zone of just like I guess they call it the zone but like when you're just not thinking about anything and you're just in a like fully embracing the present moment and the trust in your own abilities. And, um, you know, when you look up, it's like the sixth inning and you haven't given up any runs and you're like, wow, that was fast.
0: It's locked in just,
2: just freaking locked in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if only I could have done that every single time. Oh man. Yeah. Just, I, yeah, yeah. That's what they call lights yeah. out. I think. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, What about this? I I was just thinking about this the other day, like, um, you know, thinking of questions to ask you for this interview. So I find myself like, especially during playoffs, you know, I'm watching like the Dodgers or something, you know, let's say uh, starting pitcher, you know, he starts off good. And then all of a sudden, like you look up at the scoreboard and it's like, you know, you're only up by like one run. Mm -hmm. The bases are loaded. Um, you know only one out like what what goes on in the mind of the pitcher because when I'm in that like when I'm just watching the tv I like hide behind my I have to hide behind my couch I'm yeah. like I can't watch this this is crazy and then it's I can't even hard. think of what goes on in the pictures it, it honestly
2: depends on the pitcher. like yeah. that's why closers are crazy because closers are like oh I love being in that situation like I want I want it all the time like I, I love being in that I was always like a much more tactical, like, what do I need to do on like this pitch? You try to simplify it, like to execute like one pitch at a time. You try not to like, try not to think about how big the situation is or like the runners on or the score. You just try to focus on executing that one pitch. So like whatever you have to do to execute it, whatever you have to do to like simplify your mind to think about executing, that's really what you need to do. Um, now there were times, like plenty of times in my career, like where you're out there and you're just sucking and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. And you're yeah. like, this sucks. <laughs> so like those moments happen too, where you have to step off and you're like, step off the rubber and just like think like, okay, how do I get this back on track? Like, what do I need to do to like get this going? And then there would be other times in your career where it's going so bad, you just stop caring. And then as soon as you stop caring, you automatically do well like anything <laughs> and I can't explain why that's the case but glass now I'll tell you this too like it gets to the point where it's like it couldn't get any worse right now so it's like who cares then you start doing well randomly Well, you'll see a lot of pitchers will give up like five runs in the first inning and then they'll cruise like through five innings scoreless
0: because they just they just like I don't care they anymore. Stop caring. they're do like
2: it. I can't get any worse might as well just keep doing it and then you just do well
0: <laughs> man it's funny how that works uh sometimes yeah. oh man Um, in anything in
2: life like as soon as you take out like the potential outcomes like good or bad like and just do it like usually the results i feel like get better
0: i think so i I don't know i haven't really found that with my golf game yet so hopefully uh soon i can experience that (laughs) yeah i suck at golf (laughs) oh man um so i think we're like getting close to uh close to time here but i guess like Uh, something we wanted to ask you, John, is Mm -hmm. like, how was the transition from, you know, being a professional athlete into not being a professional athlete anymore, you know, just working a, like a nine to five job, they would say. Good question. I mean, it it wasn't really tough for me.
2: I thought it was pretty easy. Um, Because the hard part about baseball, like, you have a bad outing or like you don't do well like, you can log on at night and see, like, how I did, and, like, that, that always stuck with me a little bit, it was, like, I was kind of defined by, like, these numbers on a website, you know what I mean, and, like, nobody knew, like, the whole story about, like, what was actually going on, or, like, how you're feeling, or, you know, maybe the numbers didn't reflect on actually how you were pitching, but, like, at the end of the day, you were, like, <clears throat> defined by those numbers, and that was always tough, like, having a normal job is nice in the sense that, like, you have a bad day, or, like, make a couple bad calls or like things didn't go well that you thought like you know nobody knows about it and you're still going home to your family and like you know you still get to see your you know wife and kid or whatever which is nice baseball like you live with those numbers like those define you so in some sense like not playing was kind of like a a weight off my shoulders Um, it was tough because obviously the goal was to make it to the big leagues and I never achieved that um, and that was, that's tough. That's something that sits with me sometimes, but it's, it doesn't like dominate me. It, it is what it is, but, um, the transition has been pretty smooth, been pretty easy. Like I think baseball has equipped me to be successful in a lot of areas of my life as a dad, husband, working professional, because, um, baseball teaches you two really important things like that. I think are so legitimate. It's just a, a sh- like, Good sense of humor and a short memory. Like you just have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to laugh in certain situations, like when things aren't going well. And not take yourself too seriously, and and then a, you know, short memory. You just gotta be able to move on and you know, think about you know next steps and and that sort of thing. Can't take things personally. Baseball is a lot of um, a lot of joking around, a lot of downtime, a lot of coaching. So you gotta be able to take criticism and stuff like that and um, can't take yourself too seriously. So yeah, it's been a smooth transition, I feel like. It if nothing else, it's just nice to have like to see your family.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's um
2: and not to be but, and not to move around a lot, like you mentioned. Like you're always moving around, like a suitcase everywhere. Now it's just like at least you kinda of have a home base.
0: Yeah, to have some type of stability, I think, is huge.
2: Yeah, it's nice. The thing I miss the most about baseball is the people. I miss my
0: friends. I miss
2: the diversity of like teammates and people from all walks of life, all parts of the country, all parts of the world. Like that was a lot of fun.
0: But you don't miss those long bus rides though, right?
2: I don't miss doubling up on the bus right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and crawling over people and lunging over yeah, people.
2: It just smells so bad.
0: <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another aspect of that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. uh, Mark, you got, you got anything for John?
1: That was good. I, I learned a lot. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a baseball guy normally, but I feel like I've learned uh, quite a bit. So yeah, it's pretty boring. It. <laughs> a
2: lot of I learned a lot, which is actually another thing. Like it's funny because that's another thing, Bert. If you're watching the game, you'll think about this now. Like when you see the guys in the bullpen, like sitting there, they are not paying attention to the game at all. They're talking about anything but baseball. In fact, we would get down there in like the first inning. They'd be like, what do you guys want to talk about tonight? And you just get in like the biggest like arguments and debates <laughs> and like talks about anything you could ever imagine are being talked about. In that
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. getting some
1: good uh, philosophical debates or like solve like world All issues. The time.
2: Riddles. I freaking hated riddles and puzzles. Like people would do those. I hated that.
0: But, yeah. Oh man. That's well, I definitely learned a lot today to say the least, you know, you know, got the mindset of a, Picture now. So thank you, John, for that. No problem. All right. Well, John, uh, I think we're, we're about out of time here, but Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and, uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah. I hope to be back soon. Yeah. We just got done with the interview with John and yeah, that was a really good one. I definitely learned a lot about, uh, not only being a pitcher, but just like life in the minor leagues. Uh, what'd you uh, think about everything, Mark?
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about uh, being on a traveling bus with a bunch of large smelly guys. That was like the first thing <laughs> that struck me. Uh, but also to you, I think the the lessons he was able to take away to be able to brush things off, have a laugh, have a short attention span. Um, I think it's so obviously, like in our day-to-day lives, that's crucial, like when we have a, a hard day or... Something like that, but especially like in those pressure cooker situations, like you're talking about, like one out, bases loaded, only up by a run. Like, how do you stay calm? And I think just like that, that mentality to stay focused is just so crazy. But I mean, extracting that into like the day-to-day life to be able to realize that the numbers and the stats aren't the things that define you and, you know, don't have to be things that you like stay up overnight thinking about, but Yeah.
0: Yeah for sure no those are all great things but man i couldn't believe uh john lived like that for what five six years just Mm -hmm. and then i was like reviewing like the transaction sheet for him in terms of like all the moves that he had to make and just like going from one city to another like sometimes in mid-season like i couldn't imagine living like that and then living with like five other dudes constantly being on the bus but yeah i guess that's just the life of uh of a minor leaguer. So yeah,
1: not as glamorous as I was expecting,
0: especially yeah, for sure. get the,
1: from triple to double a, not being able to have the laundry
0: done for you. Yeah. Oh man. That what probably was a huge inconvenience. I'm sure. But yeah, just stuff like that definitely adds up. So, all right. Well, we're going to start a new segment here. I mean, everything we're literally doing on this episode is new because this is our first episode ever, but we're going to start up a new segment here called this month in memes and what i mean by that is mark and i we're going to share our favorite meme and of course we'll like you know we'll post this to uh on our instagram uh posts whenever the episode's released we'll share the meme so everyone can see what we're talking about but we'll both share a meme for the month and why we chose to share We'll, we'll elaborate a little bit on that so mark you want to go first and share your meme yeah, for sure. Uh, so
1: mine is a bit niche. Uh, I'll be up front. I'm a big car racing fan, uh, specifically formula one. Um, so this came out um, a few days ago, one of the teams in the in formula one, uh, called Alpine, that's uh, a French team Released their new car for the season. Um, and so I will show it to you. Um, it's on my phone, but, um, there's a comparison between the actual car, the actual livery down at the bottom and, uh, <laughs> one from, uh, the movie Cars, I can't remember which Cars movie it is or the character's name. Um, but I, as you can see, the resemblance is uncanny and I thought it was very humorous. Um, I found this off of a, an account called F1 Troll um, that just basically memes everything that happens in the sport. Um, but I, I think it's funny because uh, you think of all the millions of dollars that go into the design of the car, the graphics, the how much they play the graphic designers, um, and it ends up being... Uncannily similar to a movie character.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I, I love that. I don't think I don't think the people who designed that car had that in mind, Mark. Probably not. <laughs> Hopefully not, <laughs> say the least. Gonna, this is—they're going to be like this is going to turn into a meme someday, and it sure did. Yep. All right, for my meme this month, I will share my screen here. Um, let's see. All right. Well, speaking of troll uh this meme is we have a real life troll oh wow.
1: my goodness face.
0: <laughs> so if you know like what the troll face is like that whole um that whole meme well there is a video on youtube i just found this through youtube if you type in real life troll face uh there's like a million of them so i don't know who to credit but it's like this guy who just has like a somewhat normal face and then all of a sudden he just like in in two seconds. He just makes this real troll face. You can obviously tell he has a filter on to make it, but I, I like literally when I, when I first saw this, that video, I like couldn't stop laughing for three minutes straight. It was, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I guess my sense of humor might be broken, but like stuff like that just makes me laugh these days. It's, it's really weird, but I like, <laughs> and I cannot tell you how many times I've like watched that three second video um too many times to count but yeah Yeah. i i just thought that was uh hilarious
1: yeah for sure can't have too much humor throughout the day especially during our work day exactly all right well that was this month in memes uh check in next week for potentially more new memes to discuss and to share and to laugh over um so yeah we did it albert we made it through the first episode
0: we did I, I can't believe it. This thing is off the ground. We get the join Avenue podcast is alive and kicking. Let's go. Yeah.
1: I know. I can't wait. It was awesome getting to talk to John um, and meeting him. I can't wait to see who we have next and throughout the rest of the the season. Um, so yeah, if you've made it this far, first of all, thank you. And congratulations. Um, you somehow you. either, you know, us and feel pity for us or I don't know, <laughs> but Thank you. Um, anyway, if, if you want to reach out to us, um, we do have an email. We are at Podcast at gmail.com. Correct. Uh, we also have an Instagram set up. Uh, so give us a follow at also at Um And yeah, as Albert said, we'll try to be on um, Apple Podcasts. Is that what it's called now? Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, potentially YouTube as well. Um, so we'll have different platforms. So yeah. If you're following whatever platform you're on, uh, please, uh, if you so choose to, hit subscribe, share with your friends, leave us a review. Um, Also give us feedback too. Um, Our email is open for suggestions. If you have like someone cool in your life um, or someone that you think like, oh, that'd be awesome to interview some day down the road. Uh, Could be sports, could be the arts, something cool. uh, Really just anything people are passionate about. Um, We'd be open to that feedback and those suggestions going forward um so yeah anything you'd like to add to that albert
0: nope i think you uh you explained it all all well mark so appreciate that yes thanks for listening everyone and uh, i guess that's the end of the first episode hit it mark